It's raining outside, but the presence of the living God is here. God couldn't love you just from heaven. He wanted to be close. He wanted you just as you are, but not to stay the way that you came in. He wants to transform your life with his grace, his love, his mercy, and his power. What a king we have, born to us in humility, but ruling with authority in all of majesty to transform history and your story. What a gift, what a savior, what a king. Can we celebrate the birth of our savior Jesus? Amen, amen, amen. Well, in just a few moments, the most dangerous church service of the year will happen as we set flames all over every seat here. If you have long hair, and it has recently been hairsprayed, especially with the humidity in the air. You went extra all in today. Just be careful, okay? We believe in divine healing. We also believe in divine wisdom. So just watch that. Good morning. What a great, uh, what a great um, Christmas Eve. Love you, church family, so very much. Liz and I are so honored. Look at you, beautiful Christmas. Look, Christmas angel over here. You look amazing. We love you very much. To all our friends and family and guests here today, we're so glad to celebrate with you. You can grab your seat. I have a couple thoughts I think that will speak to your heart today. I love this Christmas Eve on a Sunday personally. Blesses me. I do have a Christmas uh, wish from you, if you would, everyone. Friends, family, guests, first-time visitors been here over the years. It's great. Would you fill out one of these Connect cards just so that we could pray for you? Uh, we are heading into a season in January of prayer, 21 days of prayer, and we fast and pray and believe for God to move in every situation and set up our year, we're leaving our 2024 year to be filled with God's just providence and God's plan and God's best. And we would love the honor to bury for you. If you fill one of those out in just a few moments, we'll be able to receive them. And I do believe if you're maybe hesitant and wondering, does God still work? I promise you, just give him a chance. Trust in him. Put your faith in him, and he'll do something special. Amen? Amen. Uh, you know, Christmas is the best times. Also, it's a difficult time. Come on, it's this back and forth, push and pull of celebration and time with family. But also, you know what? It's also, for some of you, it's time with family. And it could be, it could be difficult. There's the blessing of gifts. There's the financial burdens that it can bring. There's the baby's first Christmas celebration. Come on, that's special. Then there's also the missing seat at the table of someone that would have sat there the year before. This stuff is difficult, and, and yet it's also delightful. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. There's joyful memories, and then there's painful ones that we would rather forget. Uh, this season, you know, it is one of the most difficult seasons for all people. It is the season where most crime is committed between actually Thanksgiving and, and New Year's Day. There's more depression, more anxiety, more loneliness. Why? I, I personally think it's people are aware of what maybe is missing in their life. I also think in a season of celebration, the gift of Jesus, that the, this, this blessing that God wants to bring to people, there's an enemy and an adversary trying to get us in strife and envy and insecurity and anxiety and loneliness that when God's up to something great, the enemy is also trying to work. I think it's the back and forth of both. Uh, this is a season, though, where God wants it to be a celebration, not a struggle, and that's 
what Jesus has come to bring to you, even in the midst of struggle, or maybe this is the end of a difficult year. And yet there's something special that God wants to speak to your heart and your life, even this, this morning. Luke chapter 2 we already read out the major portion of this in our Christmas reading. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and that yet the shepherds were, were terrified. A divine encounter in its moment was overwhelming, and they were insecure. They were worried. They were anxious. But the angel said to them, first thing God speaks to his people when it comes to receiving this gift of Jesus is, don't be afraid. There's a plan I want to share with you. Don't be afraid, because I bring you good news that will cause, what, great joy to all people. Not just the shepherds, not just Mary and Joseph. The gift of Jesus is the good news. It's the gospel that can bring us great, great joy. Having joy, I believe this, it, it should be synonymous with us who are believers as Christians, because we have Good news, no matter what we're facing, no matter what bad news, no matter what broken situation, we always are the people of the good news. Another word for the good news is the word gospel. It literally means good news. Because the good news of Jesus, we cannot just have a little bit of peace. No, we can have a, we can have a joy, a joy even in the midst of a difficult journey. Happiness can come and go. Maybe you get the gift you want tomorrow, maybe you don't. Stock market goes up, stock market goes down. Blood pressure goes up, blood pressure goes down. Happiness is depending upon what is happening to you, but joy is a gift that comes from God. Joy is a gift that you can always have because you can always have the presence of God because you can always have Jesus. Joy is really a gift from God, but also how I choose to feel. Joy is a choice that you can make. It's, it's this settled assurance and trust that God is still with you and he always will be. Even if I don't feel it naturally, I believe it spiritually, I can have joy. The Christmas story is a joy story, but not a perfect story. It's the perfect gift of Jesus, but it happens in a really a chaotic way. We just read it. There's, there's wise men, there's murderous kings, there's a teenage mother, there's an inn where there should be a hospital. There's all sorts of weirdness and strangeness in this story. An imperfect world that the perfect one is born into. It's a broken world where people were facing problems. I mean, normally the announcement of a pregnancy, your firstborn, come on, that's supposed to produce joy, right? Which is what we call babies, bundles of joy. We don't call toddlers that, but babies, bundles of joy. But not when you're an unwed teenager. That's not a bundle of joy, that's a burden. That, that's a, that's, a, that's gonna lead baby, she feels like, to a broken relationship with the man that she loves. Luke chapter one, verse 26 and 30. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to the village of Galilee to a young virgin named Mary, and at this time Mary was betrothed or legally engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, this descendant of King David. Suddenly the angel appeared to Mary and said, greetings, highly favored woman. Greetings, highly favored woman. The Lord is with you. Well, a divine messenger just says you're highly favored and that God is with you, but her response is frightened and disturbed, not joy-filled and excited and happy because this was not according to her plan. Mary wondered what the angel could possibly mean, and the angel says, don't be afraid. You have been chosen by God for his purpose. 
Her immediate response is she's frightened and disturbed. But isn't this the greatest story ever told? Isn't this the greatest gift of all, this child that would be born through her? But yet when the, near, the news arrives, she can't find her joy. Why? Because she's, she's afraid. She's, she's got fear. I think this is the number one thing that steals our joy is fear, is intimidation, is anxiety. It's that we are, we are worried. When we are worried, we will never have Joy, even when we have Jesus, the worry in our heart, the anxiety that we have or allow, the fear that we focus on steals out this gift of Jesus and this presence of power of God from going to work in our life. Mary, when she gave birth to Jesus, she was probably at most 15 years old, barely a teenager, been on a donkey for two or three days, no hotel, they're up all night and on that one night, the one night we have nowhere to stay but a barn, she gives birth to the baby. Without her mom, without her aunts and sisters and friends, no midwives, no doctor, just her. Come on, how many think that's stressful? My firstborn, beautiful Blair right here. I almost fainted, and we were in a modern hospital, and I wasn't even giving birth. This was an intimidating moment. This was an anxious moment. There was tons of room for fear. But the first thing the angel says is don't be afraid the gift I am giving you this gift of Jesus to your life is one that produces joy how long will you allow fear to rob your joy when you could have joy you're so focused on what might possibly happen worst case scenario in your future that you're missing what God can do right here right now when Mary is faced with fear listen she still chose faith. Come on, some 15-year-old just found out I'm pregnant, faith. If Mary can do it, so can you. When fear comes knocking on your door, this season, next season, any season, you have a response called faith in the goodness of God. Faith in the plan of heaven that can hold your heart and produce joy even in the midst of a difficult situation. She chose faith, and this faith leads her to, to joy. Look at this, Luke chapter 1. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you say come true, and the angel left her. Our one translation says that we read in the story, be it unto me according to your word. In other words, God, if you said it, I don't understand it. I might not even feel like this will make sense. But I'm not living by my feelings or my fear. I'm choosing faith. If you spoke it, God, I'll go ahead and believe it. God's word was more powerful than her worry. So Mary makes the decision that I'm going to lean into what God says more than what I feel. And in doing so, what's the response? What does God produce in her? Luke chapter 1, verse 47. My spirit finds its joy in God my savior. I have fear right now, but instead my spirit is going to choose to find joy in who God is to me. What he has said to me. God's word greater than my, than my worry. Fear and anxiety is based on something that may or may not happen. Joy is based on what we already have readily available, given to us at the gift of Jesus, the birth in Bethlehem, and his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. You can have joy if you choose it. 
because we have something to put our faith into. It's not what might happen, it's what God has already done for us and knowing in his goodness and his character that he is not done yet. This is why even when you don't understand why 2023 went the way that it went, you can declare, I don't understand all this, but my spirit is gonna choose to lean in to God's goodness and his word. Be it unto me in 2024, God. I know you're up to something great. I didn't ask for this burden but I do believe God has a blessing for me through it, so I'm gonna trust in the character of my king. You can lean into joy today. What's another joy stealer? Uh, I think hurt and pain. Hurt and pain that's been done to us, the hurting hearts, the pain of the loss. Maybe it's of a loved one. I, I don't think if you're, you're struggling with what maybe even someone has done to you that you can, I don't think you can be resentful and joyful at the same time. And maybe you've been wounded by someone else's actions or their absence, loved ones rejected by family or spouse, pain from your past or your childhood. Come on, maybe your childhood was, was like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They used to laugh and call you names, right? They didn't let you play. Like maybe you felt like you're always on the outside. But outsiders, what we learn from the story of Jesus, are the ones that God goes to first, the the shepherds, they were outsiders. They were unclean, couldn't even go into the house of worship, and yet God comes to them. And they come to the very first worship service on that Christmas Sunday. And they show up to that place, and they worship, and they adore the king for themselves. See, this world is a broken place, and things are going to happen to us, problems. And we're going to be in situations and scenarios that are not fun, and sometimes stressful, sometimes hurtful. Can we consider for a moment, though, how probably painful this Christmas story was at first to Joseph? Joseph, his wife-to-be, his woman that he loves, just said, hi, honey, I got some news. Preggers from God. Prophecy fulfilled. Here's the Messiah. Come on, she ha he had to be hurt. He was betrothed to her. This wasn't a flighty decision. This wasn't a... A Las Vegas wedding, this was a year of promise as they prepared for their new life together. Joseph was all in on this relationship, and yet this, this news is painful. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, now Joseph was a, a godly man who always did what was right. How many know you can be godly, you can do the right thing, and things will still go wrong sometimes? You can still get done wrong when you... Choose the right path, people could choose the wrong response. And he did not want to shame Mary or expose her to public disgrace, so he planned to quietly call off the wedding. Good man, godly man, and yet bad news can still come to godly people. And in his pain, he says, you know what, I'm still going to do the right thing. I'm going to quietly call off this wedding. But in Matthew chapter 1, it says, after deciding this, that he would quietly call off the wedding, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, it said, Joseph, the baby that Mary is carrying really is from the Holy Spirit. This is a true thing. This is the Messiah. So go ahead and marry her. When the baby is born, remember, name him Jesus because he will save people from their sins. I love that that thought is that after he decided to still do the right thing even when he was done wrong, to have a right response even when he was wrong feels wrong in the moment of the story. Like, I, how, how did I get this painful moment, yet I'm still gonna proceed in choosing the right thing? When he still chooses the right thing, even in a difficult decision, God's redemption shows up. 
It gives him an opportunity to, to rethink this plan, a, a fresh revelation of who Jesus really is. I love that thought that even when sometimes we feel like we've got it all figured out, even the problems that we are facing or the pain that might come to us to change our situation or our story or maybe cause us even some stress gives us an opportunity to lean back into God and get a fresh revelation of who Jesus really is. That he meets us in those places of problems, in those places of pain, and he brings healing and health and restoration to our heartache. This is Jesus. So Joseph made the decision to let go of the hurt and trust the plan of God. Let go of the pain and trust the purpose of heaven. Let me ask you a question this Christmas Eve. What do you need to let go of? Because although you feel like you were holding on to it, and maybe even you're right to because of what was done so wrong to you, and yet in light of the gospel story and what God asked of us, we have to be people that let it go. People that realize the thing that we think we're holding on to is actually what is holding us back. Christmas teaches us that letting go, maybe even what you thought it would be or what it or even should have been, can actually position you in place for a fresh revelation of Jesus so that you can have it exactly as God designed and desired it for you. Joy, I think, learns to let go. So the thief that comes against joy is this fear because it's this this pain, and there's a third one I think that is so prevalent in our nation, and particularly in this season. I would say definitely amplified in the last few years, this, this joy stealer called loneliness. Because you can even be surrounded by friends and loved ones and feel like no one understands you and you're all alone. What percentage of Americans do you think would say that they're lonely? 20, 50%? You know, the recent study says 76% of Americans identify them as lonely or severely lonely. That's three out of four people that you walk into in the store that are sitting next to you in the cubicle at your workplace. They're living these quiet lives of despair because they think no one understands me and nobody cares. Maybe that's you today. You came in here even with friends or Loved ones, are you headed to be in a family celebration? But you feel like no one understands you. And if they do, they don't care. Loneliness, it crushes the spirit and it even hurts the body. Severe loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. God's cure for the lonely heart is found in the manger. The story of him coming to you. We recall the words of the prophet Isaiah, behold, a virgin, virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Now, we've heard that before. You've probably heard it preach. You've been here long enough. You've heard me preach it. The God is still here. The God is still active. The God is still at work. That Jesus' name means that God doesn't love us at a distance. He comes close, right? But has that really set into your situation or to your current struggle right here, right now? That God is not up in heaven waiting. He's down here by his spirit working. And so it doesn't matter how lonely you feel. If a fresh, if you just give an open opportunity for God's spirit to move, you can actually be established and settled with a peace that surpasses all understanding that you are never alone when you have God. God is not in the general area. He's not looking down. He came to us. He came to us. 
Christmas says he's Emmanuel, the God that came to us. Calvary's cross says he's the God that died for us. The empty tomb shows that he's the God who is victorious. And the presence of the Holy Spirit here right now, working on some of your hearts in a way you did not think was possible, is the God that is still with us and the God that's in us. It says that God, Jesus, some of his final words before he ascended to heaven was, I am with you, I am with you to the very end of the age. Do you know that there is never, as a believer, never a single moment where you are truly alone? You have the presence of the living God. You have the presence of a loving God. You have the presence of a powerful God. You have the presence of an ever-present help in time of need, God. He's here. See, God is with you, Emmanuel. The prophets weren't enough. The angels wouldn't suffice. The, po- the apostles wouldn't do. God wanted more than messages. God wanted more than miracles that he could send. God wanted a Messiah, a son, to come and be with us. So he put on flesh and blood and dwelt among us. He understands the struggles and the situations. Trust me, he understands the potential to fear in the face of crucifixion, and he still perseveres, and that same spirit to overcome fear lives in you. He understands rejection by his own best friends, even his family. They praised him one day, sent him to the cross the next, and yet he overcame it, and that spirit lives in you. He understands hurt and heartache and the struggles of this life, and yet he's inside of you by his Holy Spirit to give you overcoming victory over sin, death, and the grave. He is present, and you don't have to be lonely. He's present, and he's powerful. In Psalms 16, verse 11, says, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of joy. In the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And in your right hands, there is, there is pleasures forevermore. Fear is dispelled in the presence of Jesus. Pain is healed. Hurts are healed. Forgiveness happens in the presence of Jesus. Loneliness is cured in the presence of Jesus. What are you afraid of today? What anxious thought is stealing your joy? Lean in like Mary did that I'm gonna trust the ways of God, I'm gonna trust the words of God. What sort of painful hurt or heartache is, is stealing your joy today? Family situation, a relational struggle, what, what, is, what is hurting on the inside? Your healer is present today, you can let go of the pain. Where do you feel lonely, isolated, maybe insecure that no one understands, you know, you have an opportunity, the one that knows you best. In fact, there's nothing you have ever done or said or thought that he doesn't fully understand and know, and he loves you fully right where you are at. You never have to be or feel alone again. Jesus is here. You could step into a relationship with God. I wonder if he's first in your life. I wonder if you've received all the fullness of the gifts of Jesus. I wonder what sort of fear is stopping you from saying, go ahead, God, I want your plans, not my own. I wonder what sort of hurt is stopping you from stepping in and the opportunity that God has given you, the destiny that God has for you. If you could just let go of the hurt, then you can grab a hold of the God plan. And I wonder that loneliness, that insecurity, maybe it's the voice of the enemy 
Bible calls him the voice of an accuser that tries to hold all the things that you've ever done wrong in your ear to poison your mind and your heart from receiving that presence and power of Jesus. In his presence is joy in its fullest form. There's power in his presence. There's peace in his presence. Everything you need is in his presence. And he wants to be alive and thriving, speaking to you on the inside. You know, when I, um, when I travel, which I don't do as much as I used to, I can call my kids. It's great when they can hear your voice. Now, FaceTime is even better. Like FaceTime, you can see their face. But the truth is, my kids want me. After a couple days, they don't want my voice. They appreciate it. And they don't want to see what I look like. No, they want me to be with them, to hold them, to play with them, to love on them. They want my actual presence. Some of you have settled for a relationship with God that's just kind of his voice. You read the word. Maybe it's a two-dimensional picture. You got a little picture of who Jesus is or who God is to you, but it doesn't feel close. No, you, you, you want your dad close, your heavenly father. And when he's close, you can have his embrace. You can have his encouragement. You can add his help. You can have his power. He's the prince of peace. He'll give you peace. He can settle every storm with just the words of his mouth. He can speak to your situation and change it miraculously in a moment. It's who he is. It's what he does. It's what he wants to do in your life bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here and you've allowed you've allowed hurt or heartache fear or anxiety maybe it's shame the current weight of the world that's on your back from the struggle of your current scenario maybe you were here and you just feel lonely and maybe yes you've said yes to God at some season of your life but he does not feel like you are in a relationship. It does not feel like your heavenly father is close. I wanna give you an invitation. It's an opportunity. It's a present from Jesus that is his presence in your life. That you can know God. That you can receive that forgiveness that Jesus has already made available to you. That you can know God, like the Bible says, you can know him as a a friend and as a perfect father not as a, a, just a spiritual voice or the God of the Bible. No, he's the God of blessing and fulfillment even in the broken areas of your life. He's Emmanuel. He is with us. He is with you. He is for you. And he wants you to really know him. There's no one looking around. What we're gonna do in just a few moments is we're gonna pray a prayer, a prayer of decision, a prayer of faith, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer to receive the presence of God in your life. Or maybe you prayed this prayer before. It's to put it at first place, above all else. Not letting anxiety, fear, pain, and hurt, loneliness, or shame, anything stop you from the best gift of all, the gift of Jesus. So if you're here, church family, guests, and friends, and you need that fresh start with Jesus, you want to know him for real, for real. Know him on the inside. Experience his presence. Experience his healing and his peace and his power. With no one looking around, I'm not gonna single you out at all, but this is the one act of humility. Like I said, Jesus was born in a humble way and in humility only can we receive him. We are not enough to fix ourselves. That's why he sent Jesus. If that's you with no one looking around, I'm not gonna isolate you or single you out. It's just a decision 
that you need to make in humility. If that's you and you need a fresh start with Jesus, maybe for the very first time, receive his love and grace or to come back home to putting him first, letting go of the fear and the shame, the hurt, the heartache and the loneliness and receiving his presence for yourself. Can you just lift your hand up just for a moment and say, Pastor Kyle, that's me today. I see one of you, there's two of you, there's three of you, there's four of you, there's five, there's six, there's seven, there's eight, there's nine, there's 10, there's 11 of you. Come on, don't miss 12 of you, 13 in the very back. I see you, I'm so proud of you. Beautiful moment to surrender. I see you, thanks for waving. That's awesome. I see you in the very, very back, on the right. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. I'm guessing 16, 17 plus people are saying yes to Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a really beautiful Christmas present to give to a king and to receive for ourselves. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're gonna pray a prayer and then we're gonna seal this moment of spiritual surrender and the presence of God by some wonderful um, candlelight carols. It's gonna be beautiful. And we'll be up in just a moment for every one of you that is about ready to pray this prayer for the first time or come back home to faith. We do have a couple things that we're gonna give you today so that you can move forward, not just uh, in 2024, but from now even to the end of the year, to know God more and to experience that presence and that power, that gift in your life as well. Can we pray this prayer as one big family of faith? Come on, how many are excited? This is a beautiful moment. Come on, let's, let's pray this together. Say this with me. Thank you, God, for the gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus. Emmanuel, you're with me. You came for me. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I am forgiven. He came to bring me freedom. I am free. Free indeed. Jesus, you're first in my life. I invite your Holy Spirit, your presence, to give me peace, to give me hope, to give me joy. From this day on, I'm going after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we celebrate again? Beautiful. What a beautiful moment. We are so proud of you.